<laughs> oh, cool with it. Don't worry. Speaking nah, from nah. experience, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And after yeah. all, you know, after my divorce, I was doing the internet dating thing, and there was two different occasions. These ladies were out uh, trying to find some strange. And uh, you know, I <laughs> I wrote up anonymous letters and mailed it to their husbands. Oh my god. Yeah. And this, <laughs> Uh, the amount of pain and misery I had to go through, it's the least I could do was spare somebody else the, uh, you know, crawling through court on broken glass for two years. Oh, dude, that happened. It's even like my old job, I um, was getting out of it. So I went over to this um, this couple's house to kind of show them how I operated. And the chick's there with the dude. And she says, I'm divorcing my husband. And I look at the dude. I'm like, what? Like, he, I thought he was her husband. Come to find out her husband is downrange right now. Oh, yeah. And But this dude was living with her. And I'm like, oh, my God. This she had crazy. a kid, too, ain't it? A kid, like a four-year-old <laughs> kid. And I'm like, bro, what the heck? It's just, just a mess. And, like, I found out later that she kind of liked me. But I've, I've been married since I was 18, so I had no intention of it. But I'm like, even if I was single, bro, to do that to another guy. Yeah. Like, I to a soldier too. Like I see now that messed up Trevor. I'm like, bro, I could not in good conscience. So you're you're still married? Yeah, I got married. Um, yeah, yeah I think I was 18 for like a or 19 for like a month maybe when I got and, married. And you're 28 now. Uh, 27. Yes, sir. Well, congratulations on your 10 year anniversary. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Of having a live in penis massager. Oh, dude, you don't even know. We're we're better than we. <laughs> it's that what do they call that the seven year itch. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. when it gets kind of rough, but if you make it through that, dude, you're fucking golden, man. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I mean, uh, a lot of what I do is uh, I'm trying to educate the young guys out there in regards to the dangers of marriage and feminism. Ooh. Because the number one reason dudes are flossing out their brain pans with magnums is because they get divorced, turned into slaves, and they lose their kids. That's number one. Second one, unemployment. Both of those things are deeply rooted in a man's identity and purpose. You take those two things away, it's the equivalent of putting a dude on a boat in the middle of a calm ocean with no stars or moon to navigate by, and you take away all of the fucking oars. Just Whoa. left there floating. You are out there flapping, man. <clears throat> yeah, that's I mean that's kind of how I came league. home, but I was when, I was lucky enough not to have to uh not to have children with my ex. I, I, I thank oh, God thank like God. every day for that shit, man, because that would have been brutal, bro. Yeah. So what do you guys do for work? I uh we're trying to get this off uh off, off the, ground. the ground. Yeah, and then um Listen, going if, in, back if into you want college me to be a regular it. guest, I have no problem. I mean, I'll speak anywhere as oh, long man. as I get a chance to save guys' lives. So, no, that's awesome because we've we've that's gotten awesome. messages where, um, like we've like people just said like y'all helped us or me and just like the especially the guests like giving them a place to tell their story. It's just like you, we can tell it helps people and it helps us too. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, well, that was where it started, man. The VA was giving me a therapy appointment every other month, and I'm yeah, like, Dude, I need more than this shit. All right, listen. <laughs> All right. I want you to go on YouTube and search for the following video. It's called yeah. Purple Hearts Final Beat. 
that was the first video I put out and it talks you know, about suicide because I made that video shortly after because I was planning, you know, to, to kill myself. And the only reason that didn't happen is a former commander of mine um, about four or five days prior to my planned exit date went to the Holly National Cemetery in his dress blues and blew his fucking head off. And the only difference between he and I is he picked a much more scenic location than I did. You know, and like quite literally, that guy took the bullet that was that was meant for me. And then uh, I guess uh, serendipity fell in and I got picked to be the NCOIC of his funeral. And I got to see exactly how fucked up at everyone. It affected everyone. And it totally changed, changed. It, it 180 my, my thinking in within a day. Yeah, that's that's <clears throat> fucking crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's brutal. We just had uh the Miami police chief just tried to blow his brains out, and it didn't work. Now he's just paralyzed, yeah. in the hospital. It's like, that's man. gotta suck so hard, dude. So yeah, it's because you think you get home, you don't like you're saying you don't have on you're on unemployment or you don't have unemployment because you're receiving whatever it is twenty percent from the VA. Now you can't get it, and now. <clears throat> Now you got, yeah, you have to go through court. Maybe you already went through court. And then now you have, like you said, you have no job. Number one thing people ask men when they shake their hand is, what do you do for work? That's like the number one thing. Yeah, I know. And if you got nothing to answer, you're like, well, I just got out the military. That whole year when I was trying to figure out what the hell to do, that was miserable because everyone, my, even when my parents introduced me, hey, this is my son. Oh, that's cool. What do you do for work? I'm like, fuck, nothing right now. Like, I know. I'm <laughs> doing my shit. life. Come. <laughs> I just yeah. tell you, I work for the cartel or something. All right, so, what <laughs> subjects you want to cover? Uh, really anything, man. Like the, uh, I actually, to start it, I wanted to cover the methylene blue. Seeing yes. you were doing the methylene blue, man. That's yeah. Oh, what the hell? You okay. don't, uh, you don't see that amongst the older generation. I will say, that is that is not found. I'm but, sorry. <laughs> it's it no. works, don't it? Oh yeah. We should yeah, tap it's... into uh, like marriages, especially like court. We don't really have much experience. Listen, I, you 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 can tell me. Ask me whatever in regards to that. I have no problem. I, I'm just not going to talk directly about any of my family. They're, they're fucking idiots. <laughs> you, are you okay to share your uh, suicide story? Yeah, I talk Hell about yeah. that online quite a few times. Okay. So, yeah, me and Trevor uh, are very open about the, that. Uh... So. Now, and if you want, you know, to, at the end of the interview, you can uh, attach a copy of Purple Heart's final beat and get it out there so maybe it can get in front of more people uh, because on my end i have youtube like literally you know putting their foot on my nuts yeah wow. and they've been doing it since roughly 2015 i got to like one strike for an anti-suicide video you know um, how could you i got another one for for talking about legitimate uh facts figures and stats in the divorce industry yeah so and that you know is well be hitler talked about that kind of stuff yeah, yeah i just i just launched your purple hearts final beat and it gave me a warning oh my god <laughs> yeah that's how you know there's some good info in there when it gives you a warning bro. <laughs> yeah yeah it's pretty good yeah, it's i mean shit man and, and, launched the intro you know if you just use the 22 a day of, of veteran suicides 
since roughly when the Gulf War began after 9-11 to today. More veterans have committed suicide than all of the dead from Vietnam in Korea. And we're now eating into the dead from World War II. Wow. And it's, yeah. and I'm going to argue it, it's more than 22 a day. They stop yeah. tracking veterans after they've been out of the service for about five years. What the fuck? Yeah. That makes, yeah, I would argue it's far more than 22. I mean, I went to probably, yeah, 12 funerals in regiment when I was there, and 10 of them were suicides. Dudes taking their own life for, like, their security clearance, finances, wife left them, you know, whatever. Just yep. Seeing what that does to the family, too. I just, every time I thought about, like, oh, it'd be easier if I wasn't here, I thought about, like, oh, my dad or, you know, Trevor just, it's like I'm taking that pain and giving it to them. It's like, that's not fair to them. I can't do this. Yeah, listen, man, the man upstairs, the universe frowns upon that shit. Now, with that being said, if you're an old motherfucker and every day you wake up and you're just miserable in pain and you know it's not going to get any better and you want to leave your keys at the checkout at the desk, no problem. Or you go to the doctor and you get a really bad diagnosis that's not going to have a good ending. And you ride it out as long as you can, as long as you can tolerate it. And then you're like, oh, the time to turn this rental in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I believe, yeah, th that makes sense to me. Like if I'm 80, I get like a cancer diagnosis or me and yeah, my wife yeah, you got cancer, 80. Alzheimer's, she, diabetes. She dies. <laughs> like everyone that I love is gone. I think it just, it's my time, you know, you reach natural stopping point. I'd rather do it where I just like go to sleep than, you know, yeah. blow my head off or overdose or something. There's two options that I would possibly use. One, Midnight Moon Town. And the second one is challenging uh, Mexican drug cartel to a gunfight. There you oh, go. You get yeah, there you go. Drive down Mexico quick. and see the uh, the fake cops that they have. Yep. Like, or, yeah, be like a Walter, Walter White, work for the cartel, and then when you get caught, do it in prison. <laughs> <laughs> see if you can make some money first, maybe. <laughs> That'll work. Yeah, just start towing the line. Bro. How close can yeah. you? Oh, dude. Yeah, I yeah let's get into it. I'm going to launch this. Uh, run that shit. Dude. Intro, man. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Mind Over Matter. We're on episode 48. Pleased to be here. We got Mr. Pop in the building. Yes, sir. very excited. <laughs> very excited. I'll leave his link to his channel and everything in the description, but it's also on the um, board behind me. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, about man, it was probably about eight months ago now. I was still living in my old <clears throat> no, it's honestly probably a year now. I pulled up your video and the first video I pulled up had the suicide counter on. I was like, oh shit, we gotta get this dude on. Like same, same purpose, same, same goal, helping the young men out, uh, just with a lot more experience, a lot more experience. So you were like and, you were 24 when you found the video? Yeah. So yeah. Did, I, uh, did you finally give up the huggies or are you good now? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. We can so, finally you know, get the 36 can... pack of Crayola crayons. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, listen, no offense. 
But every time I get these young bucks coming to my office, oh, if they're man. younger than 30, I'm like, hey, you still got mama's titty milk on your mouth. Shut up. <laughs> it's funny because I, I feel yeah. so old. I feel like I'm 40. And then, like, I don't know. It's good to hear I'm young. I'll say that. Yeah, you are. You are. <laughs> uh, well, and that's suck, a big man. disconnect. Big disconnect, too, is just because the older generation speaks differently than us younger folk with the internet. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you go on TikTok and watch 10 videos. You you probably have no clue what the fuck they're trying to say. Oh, <laughs> so, no like, cap. it's hard. It's hard to do that. Hard to talk to the younger generation about it without as much experience. But feel like like Jordan Peterson, for example, that man, the way he talks, I mean, the 15 now, to 25 year olds, that should just go straight over their head just because yeah, you you're right. in a way that yeah. like, See, that's why okay. I run my channel. I have several channels, but I have one called Grunt Speak. Because, you know, 33 years in the military, I had to give tens of thousands of briefings to, you know, to nugs all the way to generals. And I, you know, when I've literally given briefings to a room of dudes and I use a bigger word and I literally watched the needle of their brain come out of the groove. And they're like, and after like heard them back like cats and, and the best way is I just dummy it down to like a 10th grade, you know, 11th grade education. And it seems to be working out pretty good. Yeah, oh, the videos you got. We were watching a couple before this. Pretty, pretty uh, cut to the chase. No bullshit. So. Yeah, I think I think I said inculcate one time, and everyone looked at me like I was insane. I'm like, okay, <laughs> this ain't gonna work, bro. Well, I've done a video on PTSD. I've done two videos on, uh, well, several videos on suicide. I did a video on depression. That's called Lens of Depression. And then I did another one called Caught in Limbo. And that's usually the combat vets who have that mindset. They're back here going, you know, doing the mundane drum beat we call life. And all they want to do is go back to the combat zone. But when they're in the combat zone, all they want to do is come home. So they're stuck in between that. And it causes a lot of problems. So... You said you joined um, in what year? 1986 when I was 17. Yo. And so like, mental health wasn't a big like talking point back then, right? Nope. And then when did you like get interested in it? Like what, what sparked your kind of like, okay, this is a problem? Well, in the mental health thing? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. oh crap. You know, 33 no. years in the military, I, I quit counting at 100, the amount of fu- 100 funerals. I attended or I was in charge of, right? Wow. 30% of them, in my opinion, were highly questionable. Or, or they were either suicides or questionable. That that was like one-third of all the dirt darts I threw into the ground. There was something going on there. Either they got divorced, uh, they had, uh, you know, problems with their kids, all kinds of, you know, shit like that. And, uh, like, for instance, there was this master sergeant, uh, he was about to retire, 28 years in the service, gets hit with divorce papers. Two weeks later, they fish his carcass out of the lake, and they say accidental drowning. He was drunker and a skunk. Could have been accidental, but it's I find it highly suspicious that that took place just before he died. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask what you meant by suspicious. I'm like, they know something about the Clintons or yeah. something else? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, my, my thing is this is like when I did the Purple Hearts final beat video, I hope you guys put the link in the description or show the video down, down below. A comment there now. I literally every time I heard about a suicide on the news, I searched for it, found a write up or a eulogy or something else, copied it onto Microsoft Word, and I just did a find and replace. And I looked for divorce, estranged, you know, ex wife. And there's like two other terms that I can't, you know, that aren't, aren't on the tip of my tongue. But in 70% of the cases, those words were there. It needs to be formally researched and not ignored like we're doing. Well, yeah. The, and the big problem is as a man, um, it's like uh, I, I face this atrocity. How much of, of myself am I being weak? Am I being weak for thinking about it? Am I being weak for being sad about it? And how much, like, how strong should I be as well? So, should I speak up about it? Should I not speak up about it? Because we just don't know. It's, I mean, it is a fine line because then you end up with people playing the victim and everything. And I may have done that for like a couple months, but, yeah, oh, no. <laughs> but least... it's it's like fuck, man. What what do I do with this? Yeah. Well, whenever like I have a warrior's mentality. So whenever a set of circumstances appears where I have to make decisions like that, my default setting is fuck you were fighting. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. And I'll, you want me to cut back on the swearing? Is that, no, no. That's, uh, you know, Kevin won't. No, I won't. <laughs> Shit, no. I, I try, but, you know, not good at it. Yeah, I say too many F-bombs. It's an army thing. Yeah, I was yep. going to say, we grew up in the army. Of course we're going to fucking say bad words. Yep, and that's yeah, that's the other thing. You grow up in the army. It's not just the army people. There's plenty, plenty of people. Men's suicide in general is going through the roof. It's not just veterans. Veterans is a big point, and that's what we kind of do with our show is open it up to everybody so well, everyone can learn. But well, the two big things, in my opinion, that are driving this this horrible tidal wave of suicides is the divorce industry and unemployment. Because both of those things are deeply rooted in a man's identity and purpose. You take those two things away, and it's the equivalent of taking that man onto a boat in the middle of a calm ocean. You cannot see the shore. There are no stars. There is no moon to navigate by. And they take away the goddamn oars. It sucks. Yeah, and that's just such a perfect way of putting it because that's exactly how I felt. That's what that's why I ended up trying, you know, putting a gun to my head is and it's it's so ridiculous, too, because most of the time you're going through the divorce and it's a woman who couldn't give less of a shit about you. Correct. And you're willing to take your life because of someone who literally doesn't give a fuck about you. Well, listen, it, it, it's a, such a weird, you know, it doesn't make sense. These men are making permanent, you know solutions for a temporary problem yep. like one, one of the philosophies time. that I, I use in my comedy that you know help guys you know not kill themselves is simply pay, play the goddamn long game all right the longer you're here the more opportunities the universe is going to put before you and it could radically change your life if you take one of those opportunities yeah, no, I yeah. think you're 100% right about that. Because like, as men, when you break up, right, 
you want to get revenge on the other person. Women, it's easy. They'll just go out and sleep around. That takes a day if, at most. Our our <laughs> revenge is being successful and living happy. That takes a lot longer. Yes, it does. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to ask, though, so like, what is it about the divorce process that makes men so, so feel so purposeless? All right. Number one. All right. You, you, do you believe in, uh, you, you've watched magicians, right? Every, everyone's seen magicians and they have Chris those Angel, magic yeah. words they save and shit that fucking magically happens. Well, women have that too. It's called, I'm not happy. They say the yeah. three magic words and you literally lose half your shit, half your income. You're a wage slave until your kids turn 18 or 21, depending upon the state. And you might even have to be forced to pay for their indoctrination college. All right. And then they take away your kids. And if you're one of those guys who's fortunate enough to get his kids two times a month, because that's the standard, because, you know, 96 hours a month, a father does not make. And every time you have your kids, you're with them for a couple days, then you have to take them back to the black-hearted witch with the steel wool pussy. Yo. And, uh, it's like press. It's like, you know, you're basically processing that every single time like a death. So if, At, you have to, if you're visiting your kids for 15 years, you process the death two times a month for 15 goddamn years. You know how depressing that can get? Holy crap. Wow. And, and the, you know the wife's uh, talking shit about you the, oh, while, yeah. while you're gone. Character <laughs> yeah, character assassination is SOP for women. Huh. In fact, I, I came up with a webinar where I'm actually training people how to use the bureaucracy of any nation they're in to fight back against these you know wretched bitches in the system. It's called Administrative Violence, Divorce, and Custody Edition. And literally, I walk you through all the steps of how to get your significant other, gear, you know, caught in the gears of other bureaucracies. Whoa. Yeah. Because yeah, because I, I was... If you fight just in divorce court, you're going to goddamn lose because all you have is Civil War sabers, you know, black powder rifles, maybe some horses. They got tanks. They got helicopters, yeah. jet, machine guns, because women have the laws of the 21st century, and we're still stuck with the divorce laws from the late 1800s. It is a bloodbath. I have heard that, yeah, like divorce courts and like child custody courts are, they favor women in most cases, especially oh, if it's a veteran. I, I, do you know what the statistics are? No, please. Uh, it's like eighty percent women. Eighty-five percent of the time, the woman will be given custody of those kids, and many times, even if she's a convicted, uh, you know, of a felony, on drugs, or sucking dick for a living. Eighty-five percent of the eighty-five percent. And here's oh a better God. one. When I was going through my divorce, <clears throat> I'm one of those guys. I, I like to thoroughly understand the battlefield. I will be you know, interacting in, and I need to know exactly who and what my enemy is and what they can do. Okay. And I, you know, my buddy had a uh, computer firm for a bunch of attorneys. So I had free access to LexisNexis, and there was another law search algorithm program. And if you back out 
the uncontested, meaning the the mother doesn't even show up in court, that's 7% of the time. So if you take that 7% out of the equation, these women get custody 93% of the time. Wait a minute. So if a woman shows up to court... No, no. If she... If she shows up, she gets an 85% chance of getting that kid, right? So okay. that, that's that's your base, 85%. That leaves 15% for the guy. But 7% of the time, the guy gets custody because the mother doesn't show up. So you can't even really include that that 15% as being accurate. Oh, yeah, what the okay. fuck? So literally, that guy's getting a seven percent chance of getting custody of his kids. I mean, yeah. at what point do we say this is fucking unconstitutional? Is it fifty-one yeah. percent of the time? What is it? Because I'm already up to ninety-three percent of the time. This it's insane. You yeah, no, treat that bitch like Hitler. You're right. Fight her on two fronts. Oh, you yeah. have to, bro. Like you're already <laughs> you only got a seven percent chance if you fight fair. Like yeah. How can any court or any government see that figure and think, oh, you know, whatever? That's, well, that's just, yeah, the, they are not going to see that figure until there's a barricaded gunman across from the courthouse every fucking day across America. That's when they're like, well, maybe we went a little too far. By the time that happens, it's going to be too late. There's a lot of men out there just waiting for the laws of this country to collapse and and do bad things now i myself don't condone that and i i am not going to participate but i'm not going to lift a finger to stop it in fact i will yeah. pop some popcorn and watch the show that'd be a good ass show man oh, watching the men finally take over again man because yeah, yeah when i was uh <clears throat> i was living with my girlfriend when i found you she moved in <laughs> and um what it was my first yeah a no. man i was the first time i First girl I Thinking met out with the, the wrong head. Yeah. Come on, come on. <laughs> come. But it opened my eyes, and I was I was watching that, and I was watching a video on this. You brought up like the millennial woman, and I'm like, son of a bitch, that's her. Oh no, that's her. Oh no, that's all. Like, oh no, what oh, am I doing? No, 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 no. <laughs> you know how many times when I was still on active duty, I have soldiers coming to my office and go, "Did you bug my house?" And I'm like, what? what <laughs> Like that last video, last video you did, it was almost exactly the conversation I had with my soon-to-be ex-wife two weeks ago. Yeah, soon. Wow. To be, yep. Yeah. You're yeah. Like fuck, because it, it, you were going through this, and it's like, what? Why would I ever get married again? I have no yeah. reason to get married again. What the fuck? What am I doing out here getting married just so she could yoink my shit? Yeah, I did a video called "Sell Me Marriage." That was a good one. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Listen, if you guys want to get a good laugh, you watch the video <laughs> I did called Challenge Accepted and where I mathematically prove it is completely feasible for a woman to get 500 miles of dick run through her before the age of 52. 500 what? miles? <laughs> yeah. She's Holy hiking, shit. dude. Hiking, bro. And that's probably got to be the average. You know, there's some thousand, <laughs> thousand women out there. Yeah, yeah. And With then, the Prius out there. God another damn, uh, I criteria I try to teach the young man is, is listen, you, you have to understand that the, you know, the dick stacking test. 
you're with a woman, you talk with her, you get a, a ballpark figure of, you know, how many roosters she sat on, you know, you just take that number, multiply it by six and divide by 12. And in your mind, you put a platform at that height and you push them off. They so much as get a skin knee, too many cocks. <laughs> Yo, that was a big thing with her, though. She was a big like, oh, body count doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. Scientifically proven, the minute a woman goes over five partners, her chances of staying in a committed relationship slash marriage goes down astronomically. That's like, I, I think there's a lot of, um, like when you have sex with someone, your souls kind of intermingle, right? Like there's a soul aspect to sex. And like, once you get up with like 30 people you slept with, man, like you don't, you're not really capable of doing that. It's like your, your ability has gone numb almost, I think. Well, yeah, they break their oxytocin receptors. So they wind, they wind up in this, you know, after they do that, they date men for two years and then the feels go away and, and they got to get the feels back. They find another dude again, another two years. And as they get older, that, that time frame will shorten. And, uh, you know, it, but, it's literally a slow motion train wreck. You just but can't. they get told that's that's an empowering thing to do, though, is to sleep around with a bunch of men when they're young. Women. Yeah, hey, look, if they want to swallow a quart of throat yogurt every week, that go ahead. I don't care. Oh don't God. expect me to write a check <laughs> against you when you get old and you fall off the, uh, you know, the penis. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, that's yeah, just that was... <clears throat> go ahead. The one we were just watching was the uh, I don't know what we were watching, but you were saying that. Mas masculinity when women get it the masculinity trait is a good thing but when yeah. a man is more like masculine it's just it's oh, what the fuck is this man doing it's toxic yeah you, but it, it, it's a trait how could you can't go both ways with with a trait of a human if you were a real man i've heard that dozens of times since i started doing this and i literally look these women in the face and go bitch i fucking jumped into fucking combat i led men in battle and war do not tell me if i'm a man or not because i tested my manhood against the anvil of war and i passed with flying colors yep. so shut your over and over again normal thinking mouth i i came up with something to like kind of make it make sense to my wife it's like a woman when she says oh i'm independent and strong and i make my own money don't need no man that would be the equivalent to me saying, I'm really good at makeup. You're going to think, okay, that's weird. Like, that's not a manly thing to be good at. It's the same thing with us when you say, oh, I don't need a man. I'm independent. I just, it's off-putting. Like, when, when Trevor tells me he has a new girlfriend, most of the time, I'm just saying, well, I say most of the time, like it happens constantly. My first reaction would be, my first reaction would be what she looked like, right? But if... She got a new boyfriend. Her friends are going to ask, what's he do? How much does he make? Yeah, yeah. And older dudes are different. Uh, you know, like I've had some of my, my buddies, you know, get girlfriends. And the first thing I ask is, uh, does her pussy stink? Oh, <laughs> <they're> like, what? <laughs> That's a good test right there. Get right into it, bro. <laughs> Asking the tough questions. Well, you, see, you see how I got you? Uh, you both of you guys are laughing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The premise of my entire channel is I use comedy with truth 
I get these guys laughing, and what they don't understand is I'm literally flipping switches and pushing buttons, and they're thinking me, trying to save them from making them a lot of the stupid mistakes that I made when I was young and dick thinking myself. Man, I'm a big comedy guy. Yeah. Like when I was trying to get Trevor closer to God years ago and I'm like, I, I, I know I'm not going to do this by just preaching towards him. It's comedy. So like we'd get off early on a Friday and I go, man, God is good. Just trying to get him to laugh. But I could tell that it was, it was working, I guess. Yeah. Well, because that was also when I was married at the time, and I'd come in with like this bitch didn't do the fucking dishes again, oh, and he's like, "Man, how long were you married?" Like, uh, it was three and a half, four years, something like that. All right. I yeah. got lucky. Not, I tell you, I thank God every day. I I was one of the lucky few in the military that got out like not unscathed, but yeah, good I would at say. the punch out years for most marriages in years 7 13 21 and 24 if you make it past 24 years if you're married your chances of getting divorced go way down <clears throat> but that's exceedingly rare and, and are you familiar with the, the most current marriage stats i'm not uh, i am not did you know 5.1 people are getting married per 1000 now, I 5.1? I just want to know what guy got, you know, his two arms and one leg sawed off so they could count him as a point one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like, what the it's fuck? like that scene in Monty Python. <clears throat> yeah. we'll and I want to bring that number to zero because the way that uh, this civilization treats men, they do not deserve our efforts. Right. And that's that's when it's going to stop yeah. when when you finally realize, look, the men aren't doing shit anymore. The men, even now, the men aren't going to work. The men aren't. I mean, we're just the men are killing themselves. They'd rather kill themselves than work in this evil ass fucking society Correct. that we have. Where it's, I would love nothing more than to have a wife, as many children as as I can, and live off the land because that's what America's about. About yeah. yeah. But you you literally fucking can't anymore. You well, literally can't. Every day you're thinking because, like you said too, is it's emotional thinking. One time, one day it's good, the next day she's pissed, and she makes a decision when she's pissed to get divorced or whatever it is, and now you're you're completely fucked. Everything it could be it, a light switch, and you're done. Yeah. You're you're not. And that's just, what it was. You're not just completely fucked. You are savagely ass rape fucked by the courts. <laughs> <laughs> There is no lube, and you ain't getting no stitches. Yep, and it just, it sucks too because like you're you're told your masculinity, those are your natural kind of inclinations, that that is evil, mm -hmm. and so you stop that behavior, and your testosterone levels go down. Now you're getting bent over by the courts, and it's like yep. you don't even want to fight that. You just want to take it at that point because you've just been turned into mush. No, no, yeah, I just yeah. <clears throat> I, I fought them tooth and goddamn nail. I had my ex-wife in court. Like every 22 to 25 days for almost two goddamn years. Whoa. And it, it finally came to an end when the judge, you know, I've been doing this for quite a few times. He's like, listen, if you file any more paperwork, we're going to throw you in jail for contempt of court. I'm Ooh. like, let's go. Let's do it right now. I have no yep. problem going to jail. I went to Sears school, whatever. Let's <laughs> do this. But be prepared for the active army to show up here with their lawyers and go, what the fuck just happened? 
because yeah. I am following the process that I'm allowed to do by law. So the judge is like, okay, all right, let's just go back to my chambers. And he sits down. He goes, all right, what, what, what's going on, man? I go, listen, this fucking every other weekend shit is bullshit. She's playing games, not letting me see my kid. She shows up late. She does all this stupid stuff. I want three weekends a month, and I want I want them Friday after school, and I will drop them off at school on Monday. And my ex-wife starts throwing this fucking fit. And I go, Your Honor, why do I have to miss out on the school experience as well? And I, he's like, you're right. That's it. Three weekends a month. You're good. It's, so I, it's I want, crazy you had to fight so, so hard. Yeah, yeah that oh, is Yeah. It was a battle of attrition, actually, because I, I've, you know, I like I tell all the guys who watch my channel, if they're in, caught in this turmoil, learn how to fill out the paperwork yourself. So I'd go to pick up my kids. They wouldn't come out the door. I'd call the cops. The cops show up and say, hey, it's a civil matter. Got it. But now I go to the police station, get a, a, a printout of the radio log, attach it to my motion stating the cops were called to this location. He he was there. He could not get his kids. And every time that would happen, I would fill out the paperwork and you know, go I'd go to court without a lawyer. She'd show up with her attorney and she didn't know it at the time, but I was reading her email. Oh. And it, was, <laughs> it was costing her like $500 every time this happened. I was going to say, how did you afford to go to 500 of, of your money, too? No, no, no. <laughs> I, you just have to file the $75 filing fee in three. Well, three no, yeah. The, uh, but how much did you have to pay her for child support and all that extra bullshit? Oh, know? yeah. They're, they're well, she's just taking that and, oh, yeah, man. taking that yeah. and putting it right. Like, and all she's doing is fighting you for it again yeah. every week. Uh, check this out. Like In the beginning, she was upset because she, she wasn't getting enough money. It was this battle over three hundred dollars, and uh, after like the third or fourth time, I'm like, I'm literally in court. I just had enough, and you know, I have no filter. So I'm like, come on, this is three hundred dollars. She could suck six dicks and knock it out in half the Saturday. Three if she's good at it. <laughs> and the judge literally he's looking at me. You can see him want to laugh. You see his mouth do the. Yeah, I have to go back to the chambers, <laughs> and then. At the back of the court by the door, this guy's like, what? he like runs out. You can hear him laughing <laughs> in the hallway. About yeah, two minutes later, the judge comes out and he goes, okay, can we stop the comedy relief in my courtroom, please? It's <laughs> This isn't Judge Judy, sir. Dude. <laughs> I, I, I Listen, I. that's one of the reasons I got in trouble in the Army is I just, when, I, I, when my brain healed from the TBI, I, all of the filters didn't come back. So I just. Yeah, I. Uh... Faced a decent amount of trouble myself for laughing too much and making oh too many jokes. God. This always <laughs> smiling, dude. But then, like, like you said, dude, you get out and that part's over. You have no one to laugh with anymore. Yeah, it's hard to make jokes. No one understands your jokes, dude. I would go, I would go out to the bars with my brother and his friends, and I would make, I would make some dark ass joke about suicide or some stupid shit, and they would all look like, look at me like I had fucking three eyes. Oh, they yeah, would look at me like I'm game. insane. You had a hard unicorn cock you know, sticking out of your forehead. Yeah. Yeah. I did that with and my that wife sometimes. Like we, we, we went grocery shopping a few months ago and someone like just yelled like like rah, like loud and abrupt when we were walking out. I'm like, I should have fucked with them and just got down in the fetal position, started crying and screaming or something. 
<laughs> but she understood it though. She's a nurse, so she kind of understands what uh what that is. But yeah, it's it's hard to find people that understand it when you get out. I will say that. Yeah, but here's another thing: is if you serve in the military, everyone is going to develop that sense of humor. You have to to keep your sanity. Oh yep. yeah, oh yeah. And they get out of the service and they forget that skill set. And all I'm doing is reawakening it to give them some additional strength to well, you know, ride out the storm. That's all we really need, man. That's why that's what we're trying to do too is create a big platform where you can laugh, or at least even like the people that didn't go in the military, teach them how to laugh at that shit. Because you don't teach that you don't learn that in the real world to laugh at the these crazy situations going on. No, you don't. The military like, is one of a kind in that aspect. So I like to just like showing people what veterans are actually like. Like I think a lot of people when they hear veteran, they think like PTSD that we all are gonna just start screaming or something. I don't know. But it's like we're actually pretty normal people. We yeah. all have different things, but by and large, we're pretty chill people. Well, I fight the PTSD thing because uh, I, I, I would say I have it moderately bad. Like I, I have a hard time driving in rush hour traffic. I try to avoid traffic circles. Uh, I can't smell burnt bacon. And I have a hard time <laughs> in a butcher shop that has like exposed dead meat. Because a yeah. lot of stuff I was exposed to on active duty. And listen, everyone has a buffer in their brain pan. You see too much and you go over that, then it starts it starts to wear on you. Yeah, I mean, it, it took me, like, after I got back from my last deployment in Afghanistan, it was like June 2020. I spent the whole early pandemic out there and I got back. It took me probably two years to be able to go in a grocery store without wearing my headphones. Because I got so used to wearing them out there and I just, I felt uncomfortable. Like I was naked almost if I didn't have them on. Yeah, so you, what did, what was your job in Afghanistan? I was an engine mechanic. So back at the house, I did quality control for the engine <laughs> shop. Right. So I checked Trevor's work, and then over there, I was the engine mechanic, and I had a a, a Chinook uh, quality controlman looking at me. All right, so you weren't walking around slinging lead at people. Oh heck, no! no. Yeah. Lucky we weren't, man. No. Well, uh, a lot of the guys that I served with uh, were there doing a lot of that. Uh, what what how how should I call it? Uh, snake hunt for the, these individuals, and a lot of them, you know, took contractor gigs gigs and worked for another decade on the border of Pakistan and Iraq and the border of uh, Afghanistan. In Afghanistan itself, they made an insane amount of money. But uh, you know, and they're like, you know, Pop, well, you can you can make all this money. And I'm like, you know, I can do that work for my country, but I don't think I could. I couldn't look at myself in the mirror if I was doing that, getting paid. Uh, like yeah, a mercenary. That much. Yeah. 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 yeah that, <clears throat> that's tough. That's like one of, like, because I don't think either of us saw like direct combat. Like, I thought I shot someone on accident one time, but our stuff was more of like, like non-combat things like the yeah we were lucky dude we were out there with seals and shit so we didn't have to do anything like keep this guy safe because we need him for the fucking engine like no one yeah. else here can fix the engine <clears throat> i'm yep. in a room don't but, put him anywhere like, but like when i was here <laughs> when i was in dj we were flying over to yemen like every other day and it's like that's a three-hour flight at nighttime we're like 30 feet over the water i'm like if anything goes wrong i'm just dead that's right you're gonna be road pizza Yep, and it's yeah. like, I'm thinking that uh, movie Spies Like Us, if you've seen it. 
yeah, yeah. Where they show up and they're like, they're our allies. And they go, we're Americans. Next thing you know, they're strung up by their heels, about to get executed. Like, even if I live, I'm going to swim to Yemen. And I'm like, what are they going to put me up in the Ritz Carlton, man? Nah, man. They're going to give you the same treatment they gave uh, that ambassador they killed. They oh, raped yeah. that dude for like 36 hours and then like, they killed him. Bad, too, bro. Yeah. And our media here will, will deny that, you know, up yep. and down. But all you got to do is look at the papers from the Middle East around that time. They tell you exactly what happened. Who are you going to yeah, believe? That's... I believe them. Oh, yeah. Dude. yeah. They, they have, their track record, too, is not very good of taking care of us when we go over there. Yeah. How do you, because uh, a big thing with me when I got home and when I got out was realizing that it's all pretty much a, a scam. Oh, yeah. Like the government is a scam. Oh, yeah. All of it's a scam, especially you being in during 9-11, like. How oh, do you man. how do you deal with those type type of thoughts? Because those will tear you apart real fucking fast. Well, one, um, I, I talk here. Hang on, I talk about it in my book in regards oh. to anger, rage, and link down uh, below. And uh, <clears throat> I, I get mad at that kind of shit. I get really mad, but you know because I had to change the way I was thinking because my brain got damaged. I only allow those negative emotions in the engine room and they can shovel as much coal in the furnace as they want to keep everything going. And quite literally, you know, that's where a majority of my strength comes from now to just to tolerate that kind of crap. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's such a tough thing too. like, do I feel duped in a way? Like yeah, I was I fighting. Did. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. Like a, no, I came home crying to my parents because I moved back in with my parents and I was smoking weed at the time. So I had to ex explain to them more of my mind so that I could. They're not a fan of weed. So I had to explain more to them why I was smoking. And that was one of the things it's like, dude, I went over there, risked my life for them not to give two fucks about me. And then I didn't realize 9 11 was even like fake news until I got out. And I was like, oh my God. So now everything like the reason i did everything is just a lie like i lived almost a lot they they got my ass like they fucking got, got you, me bro. good man like, well what you're explaining fun. is called the uh, red pill rage red pill rage yep when you red pill is basically when you realize you know you're living your life with the blue pill thinking and you bought into all of the lies and propaganda you know truth justice american way blah 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 <laughs> and then you find out, nope, uh, you're going to get it broken off in your ass, and we don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. It it literally, it'll mess you up for a few years until you can come out the back end of that meat grinder. Yeah. And, and then you also have to make it those few years, and that's what happens to the veterans. You don't yeah. make it. You don't make it the year, two years that you need to figure out what the hell's actually happening in the world. And that's why I want them to watch my channel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and think about like that's been historically the case. Like Vietnam, World War II, mm -hmm. all these wars have been just full of lies. And it's like we're we're told we're the good guys. Like, well, maybe we aren't. Yeah, like, how well, could you be the good guy in everything you take part in? That just that right there is a red flag to me. You cannot be the good guy in everything. Ain't well, no good see, guys, that's, bro. that's another mindset I used when I was in that kind of keep me on the uh, sane side. Is There is no black and white in reality. There's just different shades of gray. 
and everyone operates on that scale. Absolutely, absolutely. So when I was in the war zone, I would go to great lengths to make sure other Americans were not killed. And in the process, uh, you know, bombs were dropped, missiles were fired, shit happened. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, individuals uh, wandering around in the next world uh, with my name fresh upon their lips. But that's just the way I, that's just the way you got to be. Yeah, I, I think about that too. Like, yeah, I was duped by my government, but I'd like to think that I helped some of my friends that I was over there with too. Like a lot of family issues, some laughs, you know, like made things a little bit easier for them. That's what kind of was like, okay. There is hunt the good stuff, you know, it's not all bad. And when I was the first sergeant, I'd have guys come come in from mission and I, you know, some crazy shit went on. <clears throat> and I always I'd always gather them up and I'd make them talk about it. Oh, yeah. if you can talk about it immediately before that shit soaks in, yep. it, it adds a lot of uh, positive outcomes. Because if you keep it bottled up and you as you progress in time, it, it, I call it soul cancer. It literally it eats your soul away and these guys wind up drinking themselves to death or uh, killing themselves or just living very risky lifestyles that usually wind up with them uh, having to turn in their meat suit for the mineral deposits. No, that's a huge thing in the 160th, man. Like you go overseas and you're back a day and a half later and you're going to work that next day. It's like you don't even have you don't even pause and, and try to reconcile anything. Yeah. The no one to talk to because even therapy inside is you get once every month and a half. Oh, you talk right. to it at work. Everyone thinks you're a pussy. It's like, who you. do I talk to, man? Like, fuck. Yeah. You, you guys were support, right? You're I was cool. combat arms. And, and I used to have two bad habits that most of the, my commanders absolutely despised in me. And that would be leading from the front by example. Oh, and, no, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. A lot of those officers hated my guts because I made them look like shit. No, you're on COERs. Yep. Yeah. So I'll, I mean, really, I'd be like, well, you know, the guys who go out in the sector, I'm going with them. Well, you, you, you can't go. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. What am I supposed to stay here and twiddle my thumbs while no, they're out no, there? No. Get the fuck out of here, man. No, no, no. And, and every single unit I was ever in, uh, like when I was a platoon sergeant, squad leader, you know, first sergeant, I always treated the unit like a, an island of misfit toys. And I can't tell you how many times I'd go up to the uh, head shed, that's, that's headquarters, and there's like four or five guys on the bench getting processed out because they think they're a bunch of douchebags. I would go pull their jacket, look at their PT, look at their schools. You know, if they're NCOs, I look at NCOERs. And you know, most of the time, I'd be like, I'd, I'd be like, hey, do you want to you want this to happen, or do you want to come to my uh, unit, my, my platoon, my company, and? We'll see if we can retread you on fuck your life. Mm -hmm. and, like the third platoon, the Kings of the Damned in Iraq. Like I just got moved out from being their platoon sergeant. And that those guys saved a lot of lives, you know, and carried the unit for that entire deployment. And, uh, you know, and all of them were, were broken toys that I put back together. 
Yeah, I... and the, we we talked to one of our buddies a lot. He was on the show too, Jay, and he's he really. I never thought of it this way, but we're basically just sophisticated psychopaths. Yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. and then we get out, and now we're just in the normal world. <laughs> we're all psychopaths, not being taken care of anymore. Well, no one watching over us anymore. I'm I'm more of a uh, conditioned sociopath. Okay. I Maybe. like that. That's a good term. I, I have that switch in my brain where I, I no longer care, and I just do. I just go about my mission. Feelings don't fucking matter. You need to do what you got to do. You got to get the job done. That's right, because men don't have the luxury of doing of doing what we want to do. Men have to do <laughs> what they need to do. There yep. is no safety net. There is no cavalry coming to your rescue, man. You want to make it to the shore? You better start swimming. <laughs> oh, I did want to point out, though, they're so quick to punish, like, the junior guys, too. Like, about two months before I got out, they put the UCMJ list on the urinal. And it was like, you have, you'd see a PB2, a specialist, get charged with the same crime as a CW3 or 4. And, like, they pop hot on UA. And it just says for the CW3, like, a letter of, of whatever. A letter of rec or reprimand yeah. or something. And listen... But yeah, there was very little I could do for a soldier who pissed hot because the regs are the regs. There's nothing I could do. But I stepped in and I stopped probably 50 Article 15s in my career. Oh, wow. Yeah, I literally like I show up at the, the sergeant major and I'm like, what the fuck's going on, sergeant major? You know, you're going to you're going to crucify my guy. You didn't even fucking talk to me. Didn't give me a chance to punish him first. This is fucked up. You know, I'm going to appeal it. It, yeah. it makes people. Oh, what are you gonna do? I'm like, well, he's gonna do a 25 fucking mile road march. He's probably oh, digging dude. a couple foxholes, uh, <laughs> have him, you know, cleaning out vehicles and repainting the parking lot just to get started. But I'm not fucking gonna do paperwork on the guy and take away rank and stuff. Because guess what? Maybe he wants to stay in, and one day he'll apply for your fucking job, Sergeant Major, and they won't give it to him. Because you gave him some fucked up paperwork when he was 19, 20 years old, and he's still a goddamn child, in my opinion. Yeah. That's what we did. We, we <laughs> give you the option. You want to get smoked or you want to put this on paper? Yeah. Every single time they would get smoked. Dude. Yeah. And I, I literally, guys, you know, 10, 20 years later, you know, tracked me down and thanked me for, for just, you know, punishing them that way and not doing the paperwork. Oh, man. Yeah. One of our, uh, one of me and Trevor's really great friends, he got a DUI when he first got to the regiment. And I've seen that go where they just kick you out automatically or they just don't do anything. And he kind of, he got punished a little bit, but he ended up being a really great soldier. I'm like, that's so great. They could have kicked him out, no questions asked, but they took a chance on me and he yeah. ran with it. And I, I want to applaud you, Pop, because there are very few leaders like that. And even the guy Kevin's talking about, oh, the man. leader trying to kick him out also got a DUI. Yeah. So like this, the platoon ruin sergeant, this the same life. guy. Yeah. Well, you're trying to ruin this dude's life for a mistake you made. You don't want to lead from the front. You don't want to. You don't. You went through this. Help him go through this. Like, I lost so much respect for that guy right away. dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, like I learned that lesson from my first platoon sergeant because uh, I was in the army like three fucking weeks. I have a knockdown, drag out brawl with this Mexican at a family day. And a colonel's <laughs> wife got knocked in the water. Uh, somebody got knocked into the fire pit. It was just a oh, clusterfuck. 
family days, brother. Yeah, so <laughs> me and this guy, we get called up to the head shed. Sergeant Major is just, you know, we're gonna get, you know, we're gonna get maxed out. Field grade article 15, blah, blah, blah. And my platoon sergeant shows up and he, he basically said the same speech I did. He's like, What the fuck's our major? These are my yeah. guys. I don't, you're, you're gonna punish him without even talking to me. He goes, Well, they were fighting at the, they were fighting at family day. He goes, They're fucking infantry. That's what we train them to do. And then you <laughs> give them beer, shit's gonna happen. A lot yeah, of beer you know, too at those at our family days. Yeah, at a fucking family day. So literally, this Mexican and I wound up sawing up two telephone poles with old lumberjack saw into little fucking wafers. I like ripped the skin off my hands. It was just a fucking nightmare. And then we took a wood burner and we, we had to write a burn and a, a formal apology into all of these wood wafers and then deliver them to all of the families that were there who lived on post. But you were oh. still in the army though. Yeah, I was still in the army and I yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. I got promoted to a staff sergeant like the last <laughs> week I was there. And I was I think 25 or 24 at the time. Like I was young, but I'm like, I'm just going to use this, man. I'm getting out in a year, but like just helping people out when they needed like a, an E6, dude. It was so great, bro. I remember. Oh, you walk one, into S1 with an E6. No one's oh, saying dude. shit to you. Bro. One, You're one dude uh, right there. One dude. He's like, I uh, need you to email this lady. They need an E6 to do it. And just ask for my paperwork. I'm like, your paperwork? She, he goes like, yeah, just ask her for my paperwork. She'll know what you're talking about. I'm like, fuck it. Okay. <laughs> Ask him for the paperwork. Get it. Don't even look at him. Send it right to him, bro. Good to go. Like, it just, <laughs> it could have been a huge situation, but it didn't need to be. I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to use the rank that the Army gave me, dude. Yeah. I got yelled at pretty much once a week for my entire military career. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. And sometimes I got, yeah, and there's about three different times I got yelled at by generals, bunch of colonels. I didn't really count ass chewings from lieutenant colonels and below because I'm a triple tab guy. You know, yeah. my mojo, I can turn yeah. back their, their bullshit. I have a hard time with the Fulbright Colonel, and I don't stand a chance against the general. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, you, you should, might stand you, a chance against today's general, dude. Yeah. Um, I mean, General Milley, who should be uh, one of the <laughs> fat ass, bro. One of I'm the sorry. YMCA crew. <laughs> dude, you, <laughs> so you, you should have seen how many times I got yelled at for this guy right over here to my left, man. I will say. It yeah. gave me the perspective. Like, I don't, it helped me realize, or if I don't care about you, I don't really care at all. Like, when uh, we, <laughs> when you got that speeding ticket, we were getting yelled at both at parade rest in that dude's office. I'm like, bro, this yeah. dude's a fucking turd, bro. What do I care what he thinks? I'm so, he's not going to take my rank, bro. Who cares? Uh, yeah, I had to deal with that. Uh, I had two of my supply sergeants in the GSA van. There's a GPS tracker on that, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 80, 89 miles an hour in a 65. You do not want to be going fast in those things, man. So I'm I'm sitting there at the desk, and they throw this fucking report in front of me. I'm like, yeah, what's this? You know, it's not your supply sergeants. Uh, we're reckless driving. I'm like, were they pulled over? No. Okay, I'll talk to them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, didn't, well, like, I, I didn't make a big deal out of it because it's stupid. Or, bro, Trev, when you got show up for, for those boots, bro, I'm like, this dude uh, would rather me have this man in, in formation with these tiny boots than to be comfortable and just look a little bit bad, and he's going to be in the back of the formation. Like, you care about how you look. This isn't about Trevor. This is about you. Uh -huh. Bro, I was in boots, like, four sizes too small. Oh, and were... it's not because, like, my boots were, like, terribly ate up. Dude, they have oil and shit. I'm working for he's you. A, like, you, working, like if you want to do the math, 
Like, yeah, I'm like, working so chat, bad, so hard for you. How well, tall are you? I'm five ten. All right. So what size yeah, shoe you wear? Five eleven. I was uh eleven. That's a pretty common size. Now, I've had that problem with soldiers who suffer from malars. And that stands. It's an acronym for man of ludicrous size. Oh yeah. It's like the four, size fourteen or larger. You got a you got a special you yeah. got shit custom made. No, like I was already out in the <laughs> formation, and like Trevor walks out. The platoon sergeant looks at him, looks at me. He's like, "What the fuck is the matter with him?" I'm like, "I don't fucking know." <laughs> like he's a working guy, you know. But he's like, "Fix it." I'm like, "Oh god, here we go." Like literally ran upstairs, found a pair of boots that was clean. Like. I'm sorry, dude. Like, I felt so horrible <laughs> about that. But, like, what am I supposed to do? It, like, he was tracking you were going to be there. That was the rig problem. No, like, I, yeah. I another guy that, you know, that happened to, and, and it, he showed me his feet, and they were just, I mean, his toes were fucked. He was losing toenails and shit. Uh. So I literally took out my knife. I cut the end off the boots so you could see his toes. Oh, what <laughs> the hell? That's and what like, I like. What is it? Man? That's unserviceable. And I'm like, well, it's unserviceable before, but the only difference is now he's not losing toenails because you guys can't get him the right boots. Yeah, I should have done. Yeah, just cut the top off the small boots and paste them on your boots or something. Yeah, <laughs> like malicious compliance. If we had more time, would have done that. But dude, I felt so bad about that. Yeah, I, I was very good with the malicious compliance. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love that shit, man. That's how you fight back, man. That's how you fight back against the lunacy. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. That's um, some good, good times. And uh, so you guys have been doing this podcast for how many months? It's about a year now. About, just, oh, a year. Just okay. past oh, a yeah. year, yeah. We came a long way from the first one, though. Yeah. yeah. That's for damn sure. First one, I was on my phone and my wife beat her. Just wanted to get some content cranked out, man. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No, and that was yeah, that was like, dude, I have literally like nothing else to live for. I ought to just oh, do yeah. fucking something, man. Like it, literally anything. It's See, better what than you, what you just said. There are the primary words a man uses when he's hunting for purpose. Mm-hmm. That was our first episode. Was on purpose. Yeah. It, it, listen, men don't seem to realize how important having a purpose is. Oh, absolutely. It, it's the equivalent of like, for instance. You know, see, I, I got sent to NTC, which I've been there three times. I know it's three weeks long. I can stand on my head in a bucket of shit for three weeks because I know it's going to end because I have purpose. I know yeah. it's going to start. I know it's going to end. This is what I'm doing. You take that away from a dude, man. Holy crap. It I mean, literally, that... it causes hopelessness. And what I do is I'm, I'm just trying to reawaken the comedian in these guys. So when they're stuck in that boat in the middle of nowhere, they can laugh their ass off, generate their own fucking light, and get the hell out of there under their own power. I mean, yep. yeah. That's why I got out, though. We stopped deploying every year. and Like, we were have only, you know, four months of deployment, and they're going to give that to the young guys. Like, I'm not taking the fight to the enemy. We're flying for what purpose, you know? This is right after the yeah. Afghanistan thing happened. It's like, I have no purpose here. We're not fighting wars. It just, I, I got you. Yeah, do you mean the uh, capstone didn't help you out on your way to get out? Finding my purpose, no, dude. It took me forever. I mean, it's you a process. Go through that. It's a process we're still working on, man. But no, just yeah. having that, like, what I what I was good at and what I enjoy doing and found purpose in is been taken away from me. And it's like, okay, I'm just gonna get jaded and pissed off, and the guys don't deserve that kind of leadership. So, well, I'm I just I can respect that. 
but you know when when it happened to me because I did 21 years uh, in spec ops on jump status, and when I got moved to a desk, it was very hard. Yeah. And I just had to change my mindset. Like, okay, I'm just going to have to train these guys so they don't make stupid mistakes and get killed. And it was very hard, you know, because I, we just couldn't get the resources, the ammo for me to run them through the, the, you know, the firing tables that you need for pre-deployment. So I commandeered a bunch <laughs> as, of materials. As we say, yeah. I built a shoot house behind the unit and, uh, I paid out of my own pocket for all of the airsoft rifles and pistols Whoa. because airsoft, it stings, it's not going to kill you. You got glasses on, you're pretty much fine, but it's the same concept and the same muscle memory. And I would take these guys out and run them through all the drills, you know, assault a building, castle keep, fight to a vehicle, fight back from a vehicle, meeting gone bad, near and far ambush. And I, I ran them through it. And I the best thing that happened is I sent a company of guys to Iraq. And some of those teams saw some pretty significant action. They all made it back home. And then one of the guys pulls pulls me aside and he's like, I, I want to thank you. And I'm like, for what? Because yeah. When we were having the firefight, I didn't hear shit other than you in my ear yelling, why are you not shooting? Oh. <laughs> That seems like something you get in trouble for, actually, nowadays. I don't care. Like I, I always, <laughs> operate, I always operate on forgiveness. That's why I got my yeah. ass chewed all the time. Like it's yeah. better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Absolutely, especially with all the mediocre, uh, incompetent leaders that are in the military now. That they, yeah. they literally will not make decisions. Your company commander is going to ask the. Uh, the battalion commander, he's going to ask the brigade commander, who's going to ask the division commander, who's going to ask the fucking corps commander. And it's three days between all that. That's 18-day turnaround for the permission you need to do an operation. Holy shit. That is stupid. Yeah, I've always thought, <laughs> yeah, any decision is better than no decision, I think. Absolutely. And I, I got my ass yelled at quite a few times for that. And I don't care. But that yeah, that's what we need in the military though. Yeah, like that's we talked about that shit too. The COVID shit. You were lucky to not be in during that, man. They jabbed oh. my ass real good. We got we got swindled so hard. I'll be more swindled or upset about the COVID thing than anything like I had to do for the government. That's corrupt, bro. Well, hang on. All right, <clears throat> we have a hundred percent volunteer force. Now, in what flowchart of insanity is it a logical thing to do to treat your volunteer force like a bunch of goddamn guinea pigs? Yep. They can fuck off. And I yeah, will tell that to dude. their goddamn faces. It's like you got the, the most fit people, 18, 25, 18 to 30. Young, bro. The most fit people. Physically and mentally fighting for you, voluntary, like you said, and this virus that's affecting sixty-five and up, you want to inject people. them with some unknown bullshit? Like, come on, and not just like inject them, dude. They told me you're not going on leave, you're not going to deploy, you're not going to do anything unless you get this shot. And so I got the fucking shot. 
And then three months later, they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, you're getting fucking med boarded. Good luck. <laughs> Yo, dude. Because they, they were like, we're going to kick you out if you don't get this thing. And mm -hmm. uh, we had a shop of, I think, 18 guys. One guy held out. Now, I'll, I'll always respect him for it, dude. Because yep. he held out the whole time and they didn't kick him out. And I'm like, dude, I just wish I'd have done that, man. Like, Unfortunately, that, that's one of those bitter lessons men learn as they age. You see a good example. You didn't you didn't do the same thing. There's a little bit of shame, but next time that circumstance comes up, you're gonna be like, I remember that motherfucker did that. I'm doing the same thing. Yep. Uh, I remember thinking no, I got, out of all the the I got like a six page shot record at this point. After all the crap the army's put my body through, this will probably not be the first thing to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the thing that really pissed me off was the anthrax vaccinations. Oh, that shit hurts. Oh, so dude, that's bad. every month. Bro, well, the thing is, is... I don't know if they don't keep track of it or what, dude. Every time I Yo. went in that bitch, I was getting anthrax. Oh, my God. No, I, I, I got in some hot water uh, because I would I would not take all the anthrax shots. <laughs> I just They gave me, like, one. I'm like, this is fucking gay. I'm not doing this again. Wasn't there a lawsuit, too, though? I'm sorry to cut you yeah. off. And I was a triple tab to E8. So a lot of times I go in there and I'm like, just write it down. He gave it to me. Well, <laughs> like, hey, hey, just write it down. He gave it to me. I'm fine. They're like, well, I you? remember thinking too with that. I asked the people at the aid station once. I was like, anthrax, isn't that shit people get mailed? Like, is this that common that we're going to get an anthrax letter? We got to get vaccinated every half an hour for it. And <laughs> she told me that there's anthrax in the dirt overseas. Well, there is. There's anthrax in the dirt everywhere. Yeah, she left that part out. Yeah, and <laughs> a lot of the time you're really not going to have a problem with anth anthrax unless you're sitting around near a bunch of dead bodies and rotting organic matter. So, I mean, in World War One, when there's dead guys rotting out there in no man's land, I'm sure anthrax was a severe problem to an extent. But uh, in my opinion, I think that was stupid. Now they did weaponize anthrax. They can, you know, they make the, they make the spores, and it's like an NBC weapon. And all you really need to do is take some antibiotics, so it doesn't take root in your body, and you're fine. What for real? Yeah. Well, the way they gave us those shots, you would have thought there was no cure. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, like I'm turning into a zombie if I fucking get this instantly. Shit. Gonna drop dead, bro. <laughs> Yeah, they're stupid. And like for the first Gulf War, I remember I was in the Ranger Regiment and they give me the, all these pills. And I'm like, what What the fuck are these? Like, oh, this is your anti-nerve gas pills. You got to start taking them now. And I'm like, <laughs> no. Yo. <laughs> yeah, not they a gave, damn When we went to Africa, yeah, they gave us these anti-malarial pills. And everyone that took them oh. was like, I had dreams where I was killing people, you yeah. know? I'm like, bro, I don't know. I'd rather just get malaria. I'd not point, touch it. Bro, they even like they handed them to me and said, hey, you will have crazy dreams if you take these. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, dude. I'm already having fucking crazy ass dreams. Yeah, me running too. through the desert butt naked with an assault rifle thinking everyone's dying. Like, I don't want anything crazier than that shit. You can also, if you're willing to, to take you know, doxycycline, you can take that every day. And that fights off malaria as well. Um, methylene blue. Well, uh, they used to use that yeah. to treat malaria oh. back in the day. Can we see your tongue right quick? Because you're on. Oh, man. 
Oh, that's cool. like sucking lollipops over what, there. Bro. Have you noticed the difference in when you started taking methylene blue? Well, one of the reasons I use the methylene blue is I, you know, I've said before I had a really bad TBI with a minor stroke. My memory is shit. Oh, that's why I had yep. you guys text me 30 minutes prior. So, yeah. I, because I, sometimes I'll find myself out in the weeds, like, oh shit, and I have to run back here to unfuck myself. But, uh, yeah, I take the methylene blue, and uh, it 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 took about ninety days. But I'm I'm, you know, a lot of the brain fog is starting to fade. Uh, my memory is still not that good. That's why I call this my brain. I write. Oh, you just got a. Oh, green he's one. still got it. Yeah, I love it. I love these things. I haven't seen yeah. one of those in forever. But whenever I have an idea or I need to remember something, I'm always like, oh shit! I write it in the brain. I write that right. I have it in my pocket usually, and I pull it out. Like, what day was that? That's oh, my yeah. thing. Sometimes I'll like go into another room because I need something and I'll get in the room and I'll like, what the fuck did I come here for? That's also a side effect of PTSD. You know that, right? That's what, yeah. yeah. That's what Jay told us. Yeah. It's because yeah. everyone's brain has a certain amount of bandwidth. If you're suffering from PTSD, a lot of that is bandwidth is just getting burned up. It's like a virus in the back of your, of your computer. It slows yeah. everything down. Does the well, blue I stuff... I'm sorry, Charlie. It, it helps no, with short-term you know. memory? It, well, yes. Another supplement I take is called Lion's Mane Mushrooms. Oh. Mm. I get it in a capsule form so because I, I hate eating mushrooms. They just take like dirt and ass. I can't stand it. Yo. <laughs> but there's a uh, compound in that supplement that actually aids your body in making new neural connections. Oh. Do the research. Yeah, I, I take no, I, and I take another one. There's a type of magnesium that will make it through the blood-brain barrier. I take that as well. Mm -hmm. I'm literally fighting this TBI memory thing with as much as I possibly can. And everyone out there, you just write that down. You do a search on the internet, like methylene blue benefits or studies. They've been using that uh, methylene blue for a hundred years. All what the type of it's turn your tongue blue, and in the morning you piss green. Big deal. I already do that. Okay. What what type of magnesium <laughs> then? Uh, I looking for? It's magnesium folate. I think that's what they call it. I, the, I'm really bad with the names and stuff. Okay. Well, it's yeah, it's hard to keep up when they all got some crazy ass fucking name. Yeah, yeah I'm writing it down. I, also, I just want to get oh, into all that. Yeah. I'm doing the research on these three supplements, uh, which can be used to prevent the horrible uh, side effects from getting vaccinated i.e. the blood clots throughout your body, the, the closing off of your arteries and veins from the irritation, and the spike proteins. Okay. Yeah, I was looking up. I was like, I wonder if I can unvaccinate myself from this. Well, I, if like, send me an email after this, and I'll forward you the names of the supplements. And you can do the research yourself. Yeah, it'll be a lot easier than trying to. Yeah, listen, I'm not a doctor. Right down then. Yeah, I'm not a doctor. I'm just a witch doctor. So, yeah, I trust you more than right. an actual you, doctor. Now. You mean you don't want to take any SSRIs and antidepressants? Oh, no. What the no. hell? When I, uh, when I was at Langstuhl, Germany, they put me on uh, two different head meds. And I remember telling the doctor, I'm like, I'm only taking these for a year. He's like, no, you're going to have to take these the rest of your life. And I'm like, okay, a year it is then. Yeah. And I took it for a year because I was having legitimate problems. But after one year, I weaned myself off, and I have not taken them since. No kidding. It, listen, uh, head meds are a crutch. 
they're not meant to be a vehicle you drive around in for the rest of your life. Yeah, the, uh, and that's what my thing was is I <clears throat> got home and I went to them. I'm like, look, this is everything that's going on. And instead of asking like, okay, what are you trying to do when you grow up type shit? Or what's your family looking like? What do you do each day? All that type of shit. It was like, just here, hop on this. In two weeks, you'll be fine. It's like, well, what the fuck? Like, I'm not fixing any of my other shit. Like, you don't have any any advice on what to do. <laughs> like, you just no. had this advice. You just gave me this shit and carry on. It's all <laughs> symptoms, bro. It ain't not like you're not dealing with the actual problem. You're just masking the signs. Well, listen, our government has spent billions upon billions of dollars. They have hired an army of counselors and head shrink doctors, whatever you want to call them. They have made absolutely no fucking progress at all because my in my opinion they're nothing but book smart book yeah. smart people operate in one two one in two dimensions they haven't walked the walk or talked to talk so yeah. I, I literally well, this should work i remember i went to go see a counselor i walk in there she's about 28 very attractive nice set of kazungas i'm like all right i'm done she's like what i go you're just too attractive i can't, I can't do this and i like huh. walked out <laughs> <laughs> That's some funny shit right there, I'm, man. I'm out of here. Well, I do want to ask. I got called by the head, the head shrink, and he's like, "Well, what happened? Did she offend you?" I go, "Absolutely not. She's just her tits are too big, and she looks too good. I, I can't do it. I need to have a grunt who's been on the ground, slinging lead like I was, who who's been there, done that, got the t-shirt, and lived to tell the tale to tell me how to fix myself." Right, and that's actually, I just had a call with my therapist from the VA today because I wanted to change from him. And the whole process to change is absolutely ridiculous. Like, I had to hop on a call with him. Then he has to outsource it. He has to find out why I want to change. And I'm like, dude, I just don't want to see you. I need to see a comp, like a veteran. I need to see someone who understands this shit. Yeah, someone listen, who's thought the same shit that I've thought. Look up that video, Lens of Depression, and the ones I've done on PTSD. <clears throat> Send him to the shrink and see what he says about it. Shit, I mean, I've, I've said before, though, I think doing these shows is more helpful than any therapy because the people actually understand what I'm talking about. Well, it all depends, like, how the therapy is structured and, you know, what's its track record, if it's going to work or not. Because I've tried everything. The MDMR crap where you move your eyes around and they, whatever. All right, listen. If you see too much evil, at some point, you know, you, you just can't turn it off. And no matter, yeah. no, it doesn't matter how much therapy you do. It, it, you know, once you, if you step into the eye of oblivion, the eye of oblivion, and you are blessed or cursed enough to make it back, depending upon your perspective, you bring part of that oblivion back with you every single time. Yeah. And most of the time, it becomes an anchor on the rest of their life, if not, you know, the soul cancer that kills them. Yeah, like I, I have this problem with my wife too, where like I'll tell her about like my problems, and most of the time I'm like, I just get a head nod, and she's like, "Yeah, no, you're not crazy. That's common. You're you're right to feel that way." And I'm like, "Okay, that's great, but that doesn't help me. Like I want a solution, you know." I know, I know. Listen, yeah. I learned a long time ago. <laughs> Do not ask women for advice. Oh, because yeah. <laughs> that advice is attached to emotion, and emotions change. Yeah, 
Yeah, you got to realize that with women, they don't want a solution. They don't want a solution either. Like if my oh. wife's complaining about some, she just wants to hear she's not crazy. Like that doesn't work for me, man. I and want a solution. The evidence of that is soap operas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They've had soap operas since they invaded, invented the goddamn radio. It's been going on for a hundred years. Women like, I got to get home and watch my stories. Like they don't have enough drama in their life. They got to watch it on TV. Like men don't operate like that. Men are like, fuck that. Uh, uh, turn on the fishing channel. I want to watch some fishing and oh, drink beer and chill. Dude, <laughs> when we're lying in bed, me and my wife are normally watching TikToks or YouTube shorts. And sometimes I'll hear hers and I'll be like, "That's it's funny, our algorithms. Hers will be like some girl taking selfies or whatever. And mine will be Joe Rogan talking about how we can take a bear in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny the way our brains are different like that. And like, listen, I don't give a shit of Jorge was being an angel and her sister Mary. Yeah, I don't give a shit. I don't even want to hear that. I don't care. A man fucked two chicks. Okay. Where's the cupcakes and beer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She told me a few weeks ago. She's like, did you hear uh, Kendall Jenner and, and Haley Baldwin are fighting? And I'm like, <gasps> no, no, not them. I'm like, I'm, what? <laughs> you celebrity, like, bro, this is a celebrity, bro. None of them ever pay my checks. And here's another part. These women actually get mad at their men because their men are like, it's not a big deal. And they're like, oh, my God, give me you're so animal. Oh, you're so insensitive and selfish. Yo, <laughs> yeah. you ever, you seen like people at Taylor Swift concerts, too, how much they freak out about her. Uh, yeah. Oh, dude, it's brutal. I, I cannot I, understand that. shit. I wound up. I worked security for Guns N' Roses in Tacoma, Washington, when I was in the Second Ranger Battalion. Oh, hell yeah, dude. And, uh, you know, I got to see all kinds. These guys walk on stage, and they, they, some of these women just start screaming hysterically. Like, they're watching their friends and family be, like, filleted alive. Huh. Like, that dude's got long hair, smelly bastard. Fuck that guy. No, yeah, knows how to play the guitar. Yeah, <laughs> big deal. It's like, in, in North I'll Korea. I'll learn it if that's what you like. Shit. <laughs> you know, in North Korea, when their leader dies, and they're like, oh, oh, like, freaking out. Like that, I get because you're gonna get killed. This is worse because it's genuine. Yeah. Like you would have thought Jesus Christ walked out that door. I just, I don't get the celebrity uh, infatuation. I, I don't get. I it. wanted to ask because, on the topic of women, is there, how much hope do you see for like men my age trying to find a woman? If you, well, first of all, the only reason a man should get married in in this society is to have children. Mm-hmm. And you should only marry once. If it doesn't work out, do not do it again. Fuck. All right. So Shit, if you were married man. once and you got away with just a light spanking of your pee-pee, uh -huh. you're a lucky man. Amen. Yep. All right. Now, if you want to have kids, go overseas, have them over there, and 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 keep them there. Don't bring the woman back here because the minute they come back here, you know, she's going to Eddie Murphy your ass. You know, Eddie on one half. She's going to get Americanized, poisoned by the feminist mindset. You know, I'm not happy. There goes half your shit. You're a slave. Good luck. What if you uh, went over to a Muslim country, got a Muslim chick, and then went to the Amish country over here? <laughs> huh? Now well, we're thinking know. outside the box. I mean, there's always exceptions to the rule, but it is so dangerous for men today. It's the equivalent of trying to walk through a minefield. Some people are going to make it across, and some yeah. people just aren't going to. 
And yeah, the the first thing, the, yeah, the first thing I learned from my past relationship was, or marriage, I was like, dude, I did everything right. I uh-huh. feel like I I I checked all the fucking boxes. How oh, could this yeah, shit yeah. still happen? And all the right. truth is, is that shit still fucking happens, no matter yes. what you do. There's a reason why marriage is very close to the word mirage. Oh. Because you get married, it's the equivalent of walking through a barren desert. Because let's face it, the minute the wedding cake inoculates the wife, the blowjobs stop. Yeah. The sex dries up. And you spend the rest of your life walking across this barren, lonely desert hoping you're going to get to that mirage of water, which is love and respect, and you never make it. Would would you say there like there's no reason really for a, a man to get yeah, married nowadays? There is no reason for a man to get married. Yeah, you got to go find your own nice Latina. Bro. I've heard all the arguments. Yeah. Well, you know, you want companionship, get a dog. Well, you want real love? Uh, okay, yeah, love is great, but I can get the same feeling from dark chocolate and whiskey. Well, and two, yeah, you could just be in a committed relationship and not involve the state at all. And I highly, I, that's what I recommend. But the thing is, is they're catching on to that. Yeah. Uh, so make sure you're in a, a, a non, uh, what is that, uh, common law state. Yeah. All right. And don't you dare have a ceremony. Just. No the, ceremony? They will fuck you hard. Did you have a ceremony? Oh, yes, but we didn't get a marriage license. Doesn't matter. Get in line. The green weenies going up your ass all the way to the sh- the bottom of the shaft. Oh, Fall in. All in. Yeah. All in. Double <laughs> time. <laughs> no. No, it just God, there's so please, many ways no. for men to get screwed. I can see. Yeah, there's really it's like for what? What's the upside? You can you can do that without involvement in the government. My know? thing is one and done, man. That's it. One and done. Yeah. Even for someone yeah, like Trevor who did it so young for the. Maybe not the right reason. Trevor, I'm just I hate to I hate to dash your hopes, brother. Hey, you're not gonna hurt our feelings, man. But if you are familiar with the stats like I am, a first marriage 50-50 chance of divorce. Second marriage, 63% chance of divorce. Third marriage, 73 to 75% chance of divorce. And those numbers get a lot higher when the woman's college educated and or already has a kid with another penis. College indoctrinated. Oh, uh, yeah. You see, yeah. see those soldiers in the army, they're like a platoon sergeant, been divorced three or four times already. Yeah. Oof. That would be a funny story to tell, though, bro. Yeah. Well, I, I've known dozens of guys that have done that. And yeah. uh, I, I just think it's absolutely I, I couldn't survive it. I really, the first, it, I mean, the, the amount of pain and misery I went through for the first one, I, I, I hate to sound like a coward, but I'm just being honest. I, I just can't do it again. Yeah, especially with kids, bro. Like, I don't have any kids, so my next marriage would be four kids. Yeah. That doesn't work. Then I'm, you know, I'm fucked. Be in the same boat, and that yeah, that's just like rolling the, the loaded dice. Like that's right. Hopefully, I fucking get I mean, the do right. You, do you know the percentage of women who file for divorce? I heard it's most. Is it seventy? It's Something between seventy and eighty percent. Yeah. And if the woman is college educated, it jumps up 10 more percent. So if you're a dude, why the hell would you marry a woman with a college education? Because that's almost guaranteed 
to get broken off and put right up your ass wrapped with barbed wire. Oof. That don't sound good. No. What? Thank you that yeah. much. It doesn't. And I'm I'm just sick and tired of how fucked up it is. I what got you yeah, through that it's... one? I'm sorry. No. And I am hoping when this, this marriage thing gets to the attention of like the Senate. I hope to God they subpoena me in there to talk to me because I will fucking make that a national comedy show. Slide in with that mob <laughs> stick. Fucking about morons. About to see pop on all the news networks, dude. Oh, dude. I would right. oh, you, you've seen the number on the board, right? I'm up to 527 yeah, lives. All right, mm-hmm. So what I do for my own sanity is every time somebody tells me, hey, you kept me from killing yourself or... Uh, you know, you, uh, you know, I watch your channel, help me, you know, not die. I take a, a dog tag and I put it in this bag. And I call this bag my ransom. I ransom all these guys back from death. This is over Whoa. 500 dog tags. And each one of those are alive saved. Yes. And then this set right here is another guy. I'm not going to say his name. He was changing station. He was stationed in New York and he was driving to Alaska. Purposely cool. did a diddy move, drove across the country so he could come here and tell me to my face and hand me personally his dog tags. Wow. That's a fucking drive, too, man. What? Jesus Christ. But I mean, they're, they're, and I, this only has 500 tags in it. They're, I still need to put 27 more. Hmm. Just think of how many men that is. That's a battalion and a half of dudes. Yeah, and on top of that, their kids, if you count them, them them having sons or whatever it is, you're saving those sons. Correct. Saving the families of them. I mean, that's that's over, well over 5,000 people that aren't living in despair. Yeah. And you know yeah, what? And I'm sure that number is even higher because there's about 20 or 30 guys out there that I, I gave the same number to. You know, and uh, it is what it is. It's not an exact science, but now we we read everyone on the air now, uh, because mm-hmm. I know at some point you know people are gonna like you. He's a liar. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, who would lie about that? What the fuck? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, There's whack ass people in this world, man. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is like when I did that video, Purple Hearts Final Beat, uh, I did a couple other videos in that same genre. Within 18 months after we published that video, I was at 115, 110 guys. And I didn't really think it was a big deal. I just kept a running tally in because I have a whole stack of brains like this. And I kept a running tally in there. And then I was talking to a, a, a Catholic priest when I was right around 200. And I told him that. And he goes, he goes, fuck, I thought I was doing good. And. <laughs> I had like 25 over a 30 year period as a priest. And I'm like, wow, I don't know. Maybe you need to pick up your game or something. Yo. Yeah. Up on YouTube. <laughs> he's literally like, you don't seem to understand. All right. You are literally with absolutely nothing defeating death and hopelessness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, do you have any idea how exceedingly rare that is? And that's when it hit me. I'm like, Wow! Holy shit! You know, and this that way, (laughs) and and the suicide thing wasn't even my main my main mission. It this is a byproduct of my main mission. You know, and I'm just glad it worked out that way. 
I'm just thinking. I have, I think, probably Trev and maybe a few other guys on a good day that I've helped, like, save from suicide. It's, like, mm-hmm. something I think about all the time. That's less than five people. I can't imagine over 500. That's got to be crazy. They will get there one day, bro. Yeah, I'm saying yeah, that's a good thing it, it, The, the number's only going up, which is fucking ridiculous. It's only going up. It started with the feminist movement. We got to shout out them. Well, shout it, was, out to the it was the feminist movement, no-fault divorce, which was accepted pretty much across the country by 1975 to 78. And then uh, by the time 1985 rolled around and they got their game going, that's when the pressure really started for dudes. You know, it, it is unbelievable. Yeah. Take, take it back to the mob days where you could slap them again. Shut the fuck Take up. their right to vote away. <laughs> yeah. Voting well, you know, I'm just saying that uh, feminism has won. Men and women are completely equal. So, ladies... When you're out there in the real world, just remember, with equal rights come equal lefts. And since you're looked upon now as a man, we're not going to ride to your rescue. It's all on you. Cowboy up, sack up, and unfuck your own life. My my mom's a very feminist individual until it's time to go on the roof or carry the groceries in her. Every time. And you need to be like, you know what? You don't get the best of both worlds. You want to be strong and independent? Go for it. Get to work. All in because this shit it's not like we fucking woke up and chose this shit man like we i don't want to work 40 hours a week just as much as you know why do you want to do this this shit doesn't make sense why do you want to go work a corporate job a lot of these ladies are now uh when they get north of 30 they get really Mm -hmm. upset the fact that like i i have to do this for the rest of my life that's why i came up with one of my signature sayings for my channel 40 to 80 is a long fucking time. Wow. To not have kids, to yeah. not have anything. That's like right. You, listen, you don't even have to punish these fucking... ladies. You just ignore them. Reality will take care of the rest. Uh, yeah, I read a tweet. It was like, if you don't have kids, the second half of your life is just going to be filled with death. Correct. Whoa. Well, you know, I'm, I'm 54, yeah. so I'm on the back nine now. You know, and uh, you know, better back there anyway. I'm at the stage where I have to warm up to sleep. I injure myself in my sleep, and I don't even know it till I wake up. (laughs) Everything's starting to hurt and ache. House is 80 degrees or something crazy. Yeah, well, yeah, (laughs) my house is a little on the cold side because it's haunted, but that's another story. Oh, you you cool if I send the final question, Trev? I got a good one. Yeah, rip it, dude. Yeah, so I do the final questions on these, uh, and I wanted to ask you about the purpose thing. Um, If there is anyone listening to this that, not not necessarily a soldier, but just a guy who is 18 to 25, really feels like they have no purpose, where would you say they should start to find that purpose? Well, uh, they should look at other dudes and follow their example. And... Like a lot, like my one of one of the things that helped me with my purpose because I've always been a leader. I lead from the front by example. Is I literally went through all of this crazy shit up until the point of almost fucking death, and I'm like, you know what? I'll just lead these guys behind me away from this trap, and that became my purpose. That's exactly where I derived my shit from. 
Yep. It's the same exact shit, man. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, feels like you got the answers. I'm not a shit. gifted orator or whatever you call it. I'm just a grunt. I've given <laughs> you know thousands upon thousands of briefings to to geniuses and idiots alike. And the the, the best way to do it is you just make it simple, direct, and as truthful as possible. So it's the finding it. finding those guys that that you got to do really. And. Like one of the other things I have is an acronym called CHILL. It's spelled C H I L L L. And that Chill. stands for calm, higher intelligence, latitude, laughter, and if all else fails, live out of fucking spite. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Yeah. That makes sense. A lot of boxers do that, I hear. You got to be a. Uh... Got to have something to prove to be a fighter. Mm. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I fought professionally too, so I understand that. Yeah. No, that's a great answer, man. It's... Yeah, fuck. This was awesome, man. Yeah. This was Shit. awesome. Like I said, man, it was eight months ago. Just fucking looking at my own screen maybe a year ago now, just staring at my, my YouTube screen, watching you clowns on the fucking <laughs> – watching you clowns on there with the girlfriend – who i mean great lady but feminist mom and all that shit and i just i didn't know where to go i was just doing the podcast and yep. maybe didn't stop me from suicide but gave me a little more uh a little more push to keep it going so and 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 it really just woke it woke my eyes up that i wasn't the only fucking one thinking this like to, to see a man you know who's been through it like you you've seen kids go through it that was the biggest things like i knew a first sergeant role so i knew like, yeah, this dude's dealing with the fucking idiots. He gets so yeah. it, all the shit he's seen, like he fucking gets. I'm just another idiot. But just listen to <laughs> this guy. There's got to be a way out. And yeah, man, just thank thanks for coming on. Thanks for putting out the content. Cause it like you said, it's saving lives. No one can deny it. Um mm -hmm. fuck, man. Well, just yeah. watch my videos, share the channel. I'm just yeah. trying to add more more names to the board. We mm -hmm. uh the the last guy was like on Tuesday, five twenty-seven. So, yeah. Oh, okay. well. Hopefully, catch you later. Yeah, catch for sure. No, it's been awesome having you on. I love getting advice from older people that know what it's like because <laughs> that's the best way to learn, right there. I think it is. It is. Just don't be an asshole about it, which is a yeah. an individual who asks for advice but never takes it. Yeah. Oh no, that is not who we are. But we're gonna show you. We're gonna show you. Yeah. Well, yeah. Alan, you won't do Prove anything. It. We're just show you. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. It's been a, it's been real. For yeah. Sure. Sure. You have a good one, man. All I'll, right. I'll be tuning in tonight. You'll see me in there. <laughs> <laughs> have a good one, man. All right. Take it easy.